What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're talking baseball here on the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And hello and welcome to another edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. I'm Gary Mack, your host. And uh, we have uh, passed over the All-Star break, the so-called halfway point of the season. And we're closing hard with a mere three days or so to um, the training deadline. And lots of wheeling and dealing going on so far and uh for instance the Yankees acquired Zach Britton and uh they've acquired J.A. Happ the Milwaukee Brewers just recently acquired Mike Moustakis from the Kansas City Royals uh the Astros acquired Ryan Presley a uh a relief pitcher from the Minnesota Twins the Phillies acquired Estrubal Cabrera from the Mets the D-backs acquired uh, Eduardo Escobar from the Twins, and the Cubs acquired Cole Hamels from the uh, Rangers. And, of course, uh, uh, Braves also acquired Johnny Venters from the Rays, who started his career with Atlanta, uh, is now back there again, a left-handed relief pitcher. Brewers also acquired another relief pitcher, Joaquim Soria, from the White Sox. And, of course, the uh, Red Sox acquired Nathan Evaldi from the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Dodgers early on acquired Manny Machado from the Baltimore Orioles. And, and the Indians acquired Brad Hand and Adam Simber from the San Diego Padres. So there's been some movement, a lot of movement, on the Major League front, we're going to see more this weekend and upcoming all the way until midnight on uh, Tuesday, which is the deadline. I think it's midnight. It's July 31st anyway. And uh, the reason why is there are still a lot of teams alive in this race. So there are more buyers than there are sellers right now. Um, that can change after this weekend when teams trying to figure out, for instance, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a run, won like nine or ten in a row, and got back into it. They split this weekend series, so that could have a big difference. They could decide to become sellers instead of buyers if they don't think that they have a chance. They are currently roughly uh, uh, 55 and 52. Six and a half games back, though, out of their vision. So maybe they're going to become more buyers than sellers. We'll have to see at this point. But this is this is the reason why. And let's take a look at the standings. American League East is uh, 
pretty much uh, Boston and uh, Yankees. Boston's 74 and 33. The Yankees are five and a half games behind. Um, Mountie Yankees become interesting because they just lost Aaron Judge to a broken wrist. Will he be back? If so, will he be the same ball player? You know, wrists are a funny thing, and uh, they can really uh, take a long time to heal. And then uh, you, you, when you think they're healed, they need to take more time to heal. So that can be a funny situation, and we'll have to see if they make a move on an outfielder to try to replace Aaron Judge. Tampa Bay is at 500 in that division, but they're 20 and a half games out of the division lead, but uh, yeah, they could be in the wild card hunt. So they're only nine games out in the wild card. In the Central Division, Cleveland is at 57 and 47, and they have a nine game lead over Minnesota, who is well below uh, 500 at 48 and 56. So it looks like that uh, particular race could be over. Let's give it to Cleveland there. In the West, it's a tight one with. Houston, uh, four and a half games up on Seattle. It's uh, 61 and 43. Seattle is. Houston is at 67 and 40. But Oakland is at 61 and 46. And they're only six games back of the division lead. But the more important thing is they're a game and a half back in the wild card uh, from the second wild card. So they are quite in this race yet. Uh, who'd expect that Oakland uh, would be uh, making a move and getting into this race, but they are right there. And in the National League, National League, the Phillies are hanging tough, staying in first place, 58-47. and 47. They've got a game-and-a-half lead in, on Atlanta, who is at 55-47. and 47. Washington is a game below 500 now. Who thought this early in the year that the Washington Nationals would actually be a game under 500 at this particular point in time? No way. No way anybody thought that. We thought they were going to Washington was going to run away and hide and take this division. They are at 52 and 53 and 6 games out and 5 and a half games out of the second wild card. So, um, they are struggling big time. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they try to make some desperate moves to try to get back into this race come this weekend because there, there's, there's rumors about JT Real Muto going there, which would help them immensely. Uh, other guys, they're looking at bullpen help. But all that they decide to sell off, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, in the Central Division, the Cubbies are 60-44, and 44, but they've only got a half game lead on Milwaukee. And Milwaukee, as we just mentioned, made some uh, big moves to try to get back into to try to stay in, in this race. Uh, getting Joaquin Soria to, to uh, build up their bullpen. They had a pretty good bullpen as is. So they're just adding on to that and uh, getting Mike Moustakis uh, – from the Royals to play third base, I guess uh, they'll give him some pa- he'll give them some more power and a clutch hitter, and uh, that so that's where they're at. As we talked about Pittsburgh, they're at fifty five and fifty two, six and a half games out, but they're only three and a half games out of the second wild card. So there you go. I mean uh, that's uh, they could be knocking on the door for that as well. 
uh, out in the West. Uh, I guess I have to mention the Cardinals, too. They're only four games out in the wild card, seven and a half, seven out of the division, and they're at 53 and 51. So they're not out of it theoretically out yet. So they could be some buying uh, going on in St. Louis as well. In the West, this is a mishmash here because everybody's in this one, it seems. The Dodgers are uh, holding on to a one-game lead. They are at 59-47. They've got a one-game lead over Colorado at 57-47. And and a uh, one-game lead over Arizona, 58-48. And um, a six-game lead over San Francisco, 52-54. And San Francisco's seven games out. Excuse me. They're six games out of the wild card. They could, you know, they they could be in it. it. It's it's not the stranger things have happened, but they would tend probably they may become more buy sellers than buyers. But you got to keep an eye on that because that division all year has been going up and down with these three uh, four teams and uh, San Diego, who has been uh, definitely selling. Uh, they bring up the rear at forty two and sixty five. So, um. That's the picture right now. And if it was uh, to stop tomorrow, the season, of course, we would have uh, Boston, Cleveland, and Houston as the division winners with the Yankees and Seattle in the wild card uh, game. And in the National League, it would be um, Philadelphia, the Cubs, and the Dodgers with Milwaukee and either Colorado and Arizona would be in a dead heat for their wild card game, so they'd have to figure out a tiebreaker of some sort. And uh, that's the way it would shake out if the season started stopped today. But as well, no, it's not. It's going on, thank goodness, and uh, this will all shake out by the time we come around to um, – to the end of the uh, postseason or, or the end of the regular season going into the postseason. So lots of interesting stuff going on in the world of baseball and uh, we'll be here to cover it as we go on weekly. And next week's show, we'll have all the last minute trades and everything that's gone on. So uh, you're going to want to check into that. Uh, but this week, we have an interesting uh, guest, a couple that are traveling around the country, have traveled around the country, covering some minor league ballparks, and I hope you enjoy that. So let's take a quick break, and uh, when I come back, uh, we'll have that uh, interview that I recorded a few days earlier uh, with my special guest. So uh, see you in a few. We'd love to hear your comments. You can reach Gary at Gary at BaseballTalkRadio.com or me, Rich, Rich at BaseballTalkRadio.com. We'd love to hear your comments, so send them in. Subscribe to the Baseball Talk Radio Show on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or Podomatic.com. This way you'll never miss an episode. Gary, I think I'm going to go over to BaseballTalkRadio.com and listen to all the baseball talk shows there. Do you think I can cram it all in on a weekend? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's going to take you quite some time, but there's a little bit of everything there. Cover uh, most of the teams and 
Japanese baseball, fantasy baseball, all there at baseballtalkradio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows. And go check it out. It's a great place. And uh, if you'd like to help us out a little bit, you can go to patreon.com, become a sponsor of the show. Help us out. Two bucks a month, a buck a month, anything you can give it all would be gratefully appreciated and help us do the, more of this kind of thing, the video, and and expand our capabilities and maybe some on-the-road surprises in the summertime. So uh, that's patreon.com slash baseball talk. Give whatever you can. We'd greatly appreciate it. Please go and uh, help us out. You're listening to BaseballPodcasts.net. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. And I'm back, and I'm joined this week by a couple of big baseball fans, John and Vicki Hoppen, and they have a brand-new book out called Ballpark to Ballpark, The Journey Through the Minor Leagues, and they are with me tonight. John, Vicki, welcome to the show. Well, thank th- you. Thank you very much, Gary. Uh, Happy to be here. That's great. And you said you're in New Hampshire, so we, we hope that the uh, – the line holds up, and you're on your way, I believe, to uh, Lowell, Massachusetts? Yeah, tonight we have a book signing in Lowell with the Lowell Spinners. One of my favorite uh, leagues, the New York Penn League, of course. And uh, when you're there, if you run into John Leahy, the voice of the Spinners, please tell him I said hello. But let's talk about this wonderful book. Uh, a lot of people say they want to retire and, and hit hit the uh, country, buy an RV, and go to ball games. You actually did it. Um, what was the inspiration <laughs> for all of this? Well, we did do that, and uh, I'm going to let uh, Vicki uh, tell you that little story because it's uh, it was on her prodding, but go ahead, honey. <laughs> so and it, I've always wanted to retire, get in an RV, and hit the road, and John wanted no part of that. So I said, well, what if we hit ballparks? And he went, oh, yeah, we could do that. And then I went, oh, no, I know him. We're going to be in a ballpark every night for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm a photographer. I can make that work. And so what I, well, it just kind of evolved into the idea of the book. Initially, um, I just started taking pictures of people that were in the park. And he's one of these people who always talks to everybody in the park and has new best friends whenever we go to the grocery store. <laughs> so I thought, well, why not document that? And so that's kind of how the idea for the book evolved. And had, yeah, do, you, do you have a count of how many ballparks that you've actually been to? Yeah, we, uh, 
we started out in 2012 doing the uh, RV thing just to get our feet wet because we had never done anything like that. And in 2013, we started in earnest in uh, at the beginning of the minor league season in April. And from there through the end of the 2016 season, we hit about 158 ballparks. Um, and uh, we would stay for more than uh, just a day or a game. I mean, we... We would we would stay and become a part of the uh, fabric of the of the uh, of the club there. And then in 2017, we went on a trip just to see our grandchildren because we hadn't done any uh, not hadn't done much of that over that period of time. And we went and saw our grandchildren mostly on the west coast. But we did include a couple more ballparks. We went to Hillsboro Hops in Hillsboro, Oregon, a great new park that was opened when we came through there in that area in 2013, but it wasn't, they weren't home. And then in, we also went to Idaho Falls. So we rounded it up to about 160 ballparks. Wow. That, that, that's really amazing that, uh, you guys hit all that and all I, I've noticed in some of your pictures, you have hit some, uh, major league ballparks, but most of the books, uh, most of the parks that you're talking about are minor leagues. Is that correct? Absolutely. I uh, I don't know. We didn't go to a major league park. I don't know where we. Yeah. I, well, there's a there picture. No major league park. There's a picture no. of Camden Yards. Oh, in Camden Yards, we mentioned Camden Yards. I'm not sure if that's a photograph, but I know we mentioned Camden Yards okay. because the designer <laughs> of Camden Yards, of course, that was uh, one of the, the uh, ballparks that was, uh, you know, kind of revolutionized ballpark design right. in our country. And I believe from my research that they ended up designing 23 new ballparks, many of which were uh, built in the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. Now, you said you started in 2013 in earnest, and... Uh has there any um, is there any ballparks that you have to go back to because there's been in it, the last couple of years there's been a spurt of uh, of uh, minor league ballparks that have been uh, built. It's, well, go ahead. it's one of the reasons that we decided we were not going to try to hit every minor league ballpark. It's because they change constantly, and we just really didn't want to drive ourselves crazy like that. What we were trying <laughs> to do was to capture. Um, the heart and soul of what makes minor league minor league. So it's really about the experience at the ballparks and the people in the ballparks, the staff, the, the uh, mascots, the ushers, mm -hmm. the, the food vendors, you know, the, the guys that are barking out there in, in the, uh, you know, get your beer here, you know, <laughs> the folks that are, get a hot dog, you know. Yep. And we talked to those people and got their stories and, what made uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of the, why they fell in love with baseball, uh, let alone minor league baseball. Um, so it was, uh, it was really about them. And I noticed on your cover that, uh, of course, it's a, a very lovely picture of uh, the ballpark at St. George. Uh, for those who don't know, that that's in Staten Island. That's the home of the Staten Island Yankees. Um, any uh, significance to picking that picture at all? Well, uh, Gary, you've seen the cover. you got to admit, that's a heck of a view. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been to that ballpark, and it is one of the best views in in uh, any uh, baseball. Uh, though I don't like the Yankees, I'm a Met fan, 
And I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sitting here wearing my Brooklyn Cyclones hat as we record this. But um, that oh, is... And that photo is... It- that, and the photo of the Brooklyn Cyclones is uh, just a few pages in from that cover. So, uh, and that's a gorgeous view as well with uh, Coney Island in the background. Yes, it certainly is. Um, so, uh, naturally, as you said, you wanted to document the people and uh, the uh, the heart of the of the uh, city and and the minor leagues and. Uh, I imagine that you have uh, run into a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, interesting people at the ballparks. It always seems to be it's a great place to people watch. And I'm sure you talk to a number of interesting characters that that, uh, frequent the the minor league ballparks. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of my criteria for grabbing an interview was – First of all, I would look typically look for people who have scorebooks in their in their lap because they they may be a little bit more interested in what's going on around the in the game certainly, but also they tended to be uh, longtime tic- uh, ticket holders, you know, season ticket holders. And the other one was another criteria was uh, loud fans. <laughs> so we we uh, we found we found some loud fans and uh, and we had heard about a few. Uh, the one that stands out. Certainly is the Toastman in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, at the uh, West Virginia Power. Um, that that gentleman is uh, is well known throughout uh, a lot of the leagues in minor league baseball. So yeah, we we hit a lot of character, made a lot made a lot of friends that way, and we included some of their stories obviously in our books. Book. Yeah. Books. Actually, books. there's two. <laughs> Yes, uh, you've got volume one out now, and volume two will be coming out w- uh, when, October or so? Yes, October 2018. Okay, that'll be great. Um, that's actually how I heard about this book. Uh, a friend of mine, I believe you interviewed him in Brooklyn, Daniel Weiss. Uh, he was the one that uh, told me about the book, and I contacted you immediately to try to get you on the show. So. Um, you have him to thank. I don't know if you're going to Brooklyn again this year or what, but um, uh, he... Well, that, that's, in- that's interesting that you mentioned, Daniel, because we actually saw him when we were in Staten Island the other night, uh, and he came over to the park and uh, said hello. Unfortunately, he didn't bring his book, so we weren't able to sign it for him. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, Daniel is certainly one of those... Uh, uh, you know, characters, people that absolutely love a minor league baseball, and he's certainly in love with the uh, with the uh, Cyclones. That's for sure. Hell yeah, and and he's all over the Mets. He's at he's at the Staten Island, as you said. He's he's all over the tri-state area when it comes to baseball games. Yes, he is. Now, of all the um, <clears throat> the parks you visited and the towns you visited, any of them stand out to you as uh you know that you really had the most fun at or uh, enjoyed one thing for one reason maybe the food was better in this one and uh can you talk a little bit about that in your experiences you know it's interesting that was one of the questions we got everywhere that we went what's your favorite park what's your favorite (laughs) park and (laughs) we'd always say the one we're in right now (laughs) that's Um, a good one but 
the truth is is that we probably have about five favorites and all for different reasons. I can tell you that my personal favorite is uh, one that's in the independent leagues, which is the St. Paul Saints. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're just crazy there. They just built a new stadium a couple years ago. We were a little concerned that the, the antics and the silliness from the old stadium wouldn't transfer. But I'll tell you, we did visit the new stadium. They pack it every night, and they are just as crazy in the new park as they were in the old park. They, I mean, they have a pig ball, a ball pig instead of a ball boy. They have a pig that comes out and brings the balls to the umpires. And it comes out in a tutu, of all things. Um, so, I mean, if you rent a party space, you will get a cardboard life-size cutout of Bill Murray, one of the owners of the team. They're just, they're crazy people. So, we, yeah, we really like them for their antics. And then there's certainly others for Pensacola, Florida, stands out as one that had some of the most unique food, including at the time that we were there, although I understand that they've closed the stand. But... At that time, when we were there, they they offered fresh sushi uh, at the ballpark. You know, being right there on the coast, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, Lehigh Valley, uh, the Iron Pigs have an excellent menu as well. So some of them stand out. We feature some of that food in our volume one, including the two foot hot dog. If you can imagine that, a wow. two foot hot dog in Vancouver, Canada. Um, First time I saw that thing, there was a, a grown man with his arms stretched out completely, <laughs> cradling uh, the two-foot hot dog like, you know, like a running back would cradle a, a you know, a twice-sized football. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and, you know, so some of the food stands out, but the views, um, Pensacola has a view, obviously, Staten Island, Brooklyn, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, up in, in uh, down in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Uh, the view of the of the city of Charlotte itself, the the city of Charlotte is such a beautiful, uh, big city that uh, sitting in that stadium, you get that incredible uh, view of their wonderful architecture, um, and the mountains in uh, in Utah, where there's three minor league clubs uh, in Ogden, Salt Lake, and uh, uh, Orem, Utah. I mean, the views of those mountains are fabulous. I mean, there's we could go on and on. So I don't know if we really have a favorite. We have certainly some that stand out for various reasons. And it is interesting how in the past uh, 10, 15, 20 years, how minor league baseball has gone. You know, it used to be uh, some of the ballparks were not that great. And really, um, most of them now um, in, in the minor leagues have really uh, stepped it up quite a bit and and i think it's because they have to uh for the entertainment dollar but uh, really have made quite an experience going there well we when we were in reno nevada which was at the time a relatively new park when we were there in 2013 they built that park very close to downtown reno and uh, my wife had done some uh, property development work in the in the city of reno over the years and we knew that that area was a little bit depressed. Uh, Reno was starting to slide a little bit, even though it's called the biggest little city in the world. Uh, they built that ballpark and completely revitalized that area down there. Um, and that is, that's one of those cases where they just, they, they built this fabulous complex of not just a ballpark, but a restaurant and, uh, you know, and, and some parking garage and really improved the downtown area. 
I have to tell you, Gary, that some of those old ones are still around there. Uh, our home park is, uh, we live in San Jose, California for many, many years. And the San Jose Giants Municipal Stadium was built in 1942. And it's still there hosting the, uh, the A-ball team for the San Francisco uh, Giants. And it used to be that the minor league parks were competing with the big league parks for the family dollar, mm-hmm. and they're not doing that anymore because uh, families really aren't the ones that are going to the big league parks anymore. So they are the ones that are, you know, building this whole new community in the minor league parks. So there's actually this whole new market for them. So and true. We heard story after we heard story after story from general managers, and we did interview uh, league presidents, general managers, as well as people that are in the stands, you know, the staff, and and obviously the fans. But we heard from uh, several, quite a number of general managers that said, you know, we haven't raised our ticket prices in X number of years. The ticket prices are still quite affordable. The food is affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, for a family of four, uh, you know, it's pretty. We we were just at Irish Night in uh, Rockland, uh, the Rockland Boulders, and mm-hmm. this in- incredible package of tickets and food you could get for four people <laughs> or family of four was like 40 45 or 49 dollars i mean that's you know that's cheap for a night out anymore it certainly is and and i know it's still in the metropolitan area here i live on long island and and brooklyn um it's it's just more affordable it's still a little high for minor league baseball but um it is affordable much more affordable than and uh say a mets game but uh you go up a little bit upstate to uh, Hudson Valley, and it's it's like a whole different world. It's 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 a whole lot more affordable, and and it's just a great time. I've been up there a number of times to see the Renegades, um, and and that was a blast. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right, and uh, you know there's you know there are times when you can go get a berm seat, you know, for five bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, go sit out on the grass with your your blanket or your lawn chair and. You know, and you still get to see baseball, professional baseball, for a five-dollar bill. I mean, that's that's just an incredible value. So you've got your uh, Class A motorhome. That's the big one, folks. If you don't know, and uh, <laughs> um, how, how did you find uh, moving around the country and that, and getting into some of these towns? Do you tow a car with you, or what? What's the procedure with that? Yeah, we do. We we have a tow car that we drag around with us and we unhook <laughs> it and then we can go check out these towns. And that, you know, that's where my part of the dream started coming true is that we got to go see like, this beautiful, incredible country that we live in. Um, and because we were doing minor league ball, it took us into places that we probably would not have gone otherwise. Mm-hmm. These little towns all throughout the U.S. are just amazingly, there's, they're so fun to go visit. And so that, that has been a real joy for me. Um, also for John, he loves to explore. So that's been a great part of it. Also, even inside the ballparks, this to me is critical. Um, inside the minor league ballparks, there is this whole community of people. We would show up on opening day at several of these um, parks, opening day, and you would hear the season ticket holders going, Oh my gosh, how was your winter? Mm-hmm. How are the grandkids? How are the and so their whole community um is there inside that ballpark and they these season ticket holders know each other intimately 
but only during the fall season, which I just found fascinating. So, and, and as far as the trip was concerned itself, I mean, I remember our first year out, it was, uh, it was getting a bit stressful going from town to town. And by the way, Gary, and for the, your listeners, we would stay more than one game. We did hit 160 ballparks. We have over 460 ball games in that <laughs> okay. span of time. So, I mean, so we were really there for several days. But I remember that first year feeling a little bit stressed out from uh, driving and unhooking and finding a place to live. And I realized, I'm kind of like, I, you know, I got this light went on in my head that said, uh, you know, John, you're moving your life every three and four days. I mean, we didn't know where grocery stores right. were. We didn't know where... Um, you know, gas stations were, we didn't know where post office were, you know, all of those things that we all take for granted when we're staying at home, but we were literally moving our home every two, three, four days. And, uh, and then once I realized that's what was going on, I was like, okay, then I was able to accept it. And, and that's the way we lived for, you know, during those, during those four or five seasons. So it's, it was pretty incredible. It's a challenge, but uh, we we work at this. A lot of people think we're on vacation going to baseball yeah. <laughs> stadiums, and in a way, in a way, our in a way, our vacation is while we're at the stadium, right? right. You know, not <laughs> not getting there or leaving there, but it's while we're at the stadium. And that's the other thing that I want, I'd like to point out. I mean, Vicky talked about the community and the spirit of of the people in the park. You know, I, I remember, and I wrote this in the book in Volume One. Um, one of my first early interviews was in, I believe it was in Omaha, uh, and and the gentleman and, and this and I asked the gentleman, you know, what is it about, you know, minor league bay? Why are you here? What you know, what do you love about it? And he, and he kind of pauses for a minute. He goes, because I'm not out there. And basically, <laughs> what he's saying is he gets to leave the the world of of reality, if you will, whatever, uh, to walk into a park and be comfortable and relaxed and enjoy something that. You know, our country's been enjoying baseball for a long, oh, yes. long time. And and also to be able to see his friends and sit there and talk. Baseball lends itself to the kind of, uh, as you well know, to the kind of uh, uh, relationships that you can uh, you can garner and start in a ballpark because you can talk with each other. Right. You know, you can you can take a break. You, you know, you got the in-between innings or maybe there's not a lot of action going on. And you can certainly have a wonderful conversation. That's why I was able to do interviews, oral interviews recorded with over 750 people. Wow. And and I think, yeah. too, because of the, um, especially in the minor league ballpark, because it's it's much smaller, it is more intimate, you're closer to the action. I think that, and that, that, that lends to that whole feeling of community, um, at least I, I think so. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. Yep. Um, so the logistics of doing something like this, um, obviously you just didn't get into the RV and just say, oh, let's go for a drive. You must have done some planning on this. <laughs> well, we did. Or and, maybe uh, not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. What was that last thing you said? Or, or maybe you just did hop in and decide to do whatever. No. <laughs> Well, even though our last name is Hoppin, we just didn't exactly <laughs> hop into that RV. <laughs> we did. We did spend. Uh, we bought the RV in June of 2012, and we went and saw family across the country. So we got our feet wet doing, uh, you know, living the RV life. We lived full time in that RV, 24/7, for those uh, four plus almost five years. 
even during the winter, we lived in it in Arizona and one winter in Florida. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we, we got our feet wet in 2012 and learned about RV life. And that's the other part of it is we met a lot of people, really nice people on the road too. But the planning really took place, uh, uh, well, wasn't that hard when you really, uh, on a big picture, because when you look at it, all you got to do is pull up a map of minor league baseball, uh, including the independent teams from around the country, and you can see that they are heavily populated in the eastern part of the country. Mm-hmm. And then there's long distances between ballparks in the western part. So we that's when we looked at it and we go, this is going to take some time. <laughs> and so we spent the first majority of the first two seasons in the west and a little bit uh, across the Great Lakes. And uh, and then the uh, the rest of it was spent in the Midwest and the East uh, in the last uh, last uh, two seasons. Um, a lot of ballparks in 2016 because we were able to come up the East Coast like we're doing now with the book signing tour and get to a lot of parks that are relatively close. Think, go ahead. But John would sit there every night and go through where we are on the map, which way we're headed, and then who's home. I mean, that's the critical piece of the whole scheduling is who's playing at home. And, you know, if we could have called them and said, could you please play at home while we're there, that would have made it much easier. (laughs) But it was, uh, I would watch John, you know, pull hair out at night trying trying to do the logistics of it because... As easy as it sounds, with as many parks as they are, their schedules really affected our schedule. There are some great parks that we were unable to get to because when we were in that part of the country, they, that team was not playing at home. Yeah. yeah, inevitably, Gary, we get somebody walking up to us that, that when, during our book signing and, and when we're showcasing our book, and they'll go, so, have you been to, and they'll name a park that we haven't been to, and it's like, <laughs> oh, no. You know, like... In, in Pennsylvania, I think Pennsylvania's got probably more park, more minor league parks per capita than any place. But uh, I mean, there's a lot. There's you know, there's quite a number in California as well. But um, anyway, <laughs> they would come on and go. So you've been to the Altoona Curve, right? Or you've been to the Reading, you know, right. team? And it's like, no, because <laughs> they weren't around when we were through Pennsylvania. Yeah, so. exactly. And and I don't think that people realize that that it is a big thing with. Uh, you know, are they going to be there when you're in town, when you're around that area? And because uh, everybody's not home exactly. all the time. Right. Right. And we were on the move. So it's not like we would plan an adventure that said, okay, we're going to go do. And a lot of people do this. They, they go on minor league baseball trips. And we met a lot of people that have gone to, you know, a lot of ballparks. We're at 160, but we've met people with, you know, two and 300 uh, ballparks under their belt. But they would plan this over a long period of time, maybe, you know, six or seven, up to ten ballparks a summer, and they've been doing it for years. Right, right, right. So. Just the perseverance alone to do that is something else. But uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out something now. I just recently retired, so I'm like, well, I... I'm just going to do more podcasting, I guess, because at least now I have the opportunity to uh, interview people like you on a, on a daytime like this instead of uh, having to wait and try to arrange things at night all the time. So um, it is it is nice to have uh, that kind of freedom. But uh, so now um, 
Are you still traveling in the RV? Uh, and and now are you strictly on a book tour, or um, and and do you write ahead and ask for permission to come um, to the stadiums now, or 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 how did it work then? Even were you purchasing tickets? Were you writing ahead and saying I'm going to be in your area? We're doing this project and blah blah blah. How did that all take place? Well, we were very fortunate uh, because of some personal relationships in minor league baseball uh, that I had uh, uh, acquired over a couple of years. And one of them, which was uh, the president of the California League, Mr. Charlie Blaney, was a great contributor for us. He, he, gave, he was able to uh, obtain a minor league uh, pass for us. Oh, okay. Um, and typically those passes, I don't know if you know this, but... Uh, are honored at pretty much every affiliated park. Now, that being said, we would certainly contact people ahead of time. I knew from my experience with minor league umpires that the general manager of a minor league team is typically the person that, you know, is the nuts and bolts guy, you know, or, or gal. And so we would write letters of introduction uh, several weeks in advance. We would stay in touch. We would call. Uh, a little conjoling every once in a while, <laughs> but uh, I can honestly say uh, 97%, 98% of the time, we were welcomed with open arms prior to our arrival date. There were a few where we had to uh, kind of bug people uh, the day that we got into town or uh, bug them at the ballpark, and, you know, and they... Even at that point in time, they would go, oh, I just couldn't get around to your email. I'm sorry, you know, and, but, you know, come on in. We'll, we'll take good care of you. And, uh, you know, everybody opened up their arms to us, both in uh, minor league affiliated and uh, non-affiliated, if you will, independent teams. So we called ahead. Same thing's going on here. Uh, we are still in the RV. Uh, we're looking at it right now, <laughs> uh, sitting up in uh, in this campground in uh, in lower uh, lower New Hampshire, um, and we're going to take a little forty minute drive down to Lowell this afternoon. So we have contacted uh, all the ballparks. It's a little bit different now on a book signing tour because of issues, uh, quite frankly, um, with. Uh, vendors and you know this kinds of things various contract issues that some parks have they have policies you know and that's fine we're we're okay we, you know it will move on or what we've also been able to do is showcase a book and just talk about the book while we've been at, at uh, stadiums uh, without necessarily generating sales that's happened a few times so I would still say uh, for the most part we're, we're being welcome there's a less than a handful that have just said, you know, we just can't have you in the park. Um, and, uh, and so, but that's, yeah, we call ahead, make arrangements. Uh, I guess the next question is how many photographs have you taken over these number of years? Any <laughs> idea? Well, I'm, I'm going to let the photographer talk about how <laughs> she got to what she got to go ahead. Honey. I ended up uh, over the course of the four plus seasons. I ended up with, 160,000 photographs. Wow. And as I was sitting culling through getting that down to 16,000, <laughs> I have to share with you, my grandson, who was eight years old at the time, was sitting there with me uh, for about 45 minutes, which was amazing for him to sit still that long. 
But after about 45 minutes, he raises his head at me and goes, Mom, can we go to a minor league baseball game? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, my job is done. There yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, I got, got this kid fired up to go to minor league baseball. <laughs> well, that's a lot but of... Yeah, it was a lot of photographs. And, it was, and, and again, um, by being in the park for two to three games, it gave me a heads up as to where to be in the park for certain activities. Um, the ushers got to know me, the staff got to know me, and so they would point me in the right direction, knowing that something special was coming up or there was a certain fan that was going to do something. And so I started to be able to be in the right place at the right time. Oh, that's great. And uh, I've got to ask, uh, favorite mascot? Do you have one? I mean, there's so many... Um, some of them are pretty crazy, do some crazy things, all entertaining. Um, do you have one favorite that stands out, or not necessarily a favorite, but one that stands out in your mind? Well, I have to tell you that the one that absolutely stands out is, uh, in, uh, um, in Princeton, uh, Princeton Rays, uh, Roscoe, the red rooster or Roscoe, the rooster. Uh, Roscoe, at the time that we met him, uh, was a very, very large rooster, um, and uh, and he uh, that character and, and his story, his personal story, is going to be in volume two. And the reason why Ro uh, Roscoe stands out is because Roscoe uh, talks, and oh. that's very, very, very rare. If, right. If I bet uh, in all of sports, you could probably come up with. You know, if you really looked hard, you might find a, a handful that actually talk. Some make noise, um, and that's true, but he actually spoke. But when I got the story as to why he spoke, it made complete sense, and that story is going to be in volume two. So he stands out. We, 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 had a very, we were very fortunate in seeing um, uh, uh, the, the, quote, San Diego chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know Ted uh, the chicken uh, yes. perform and he he's still at forty some odd forty five years old or something is still an incredible performer in that suit um, and our one of our personal favorites of course is Higante from San Jose who is this uh, this you know pretty big uh, ape character and just is so enthusiastic. Um, you know, there in the ninth inning, encouraging fans, uh, great dancer. They have dance-offs there with, with Gigante and perhaps another staff member or even fans. So he stands out. What about Hickory? Well, yeah, and Hickory is the Hickory Crawdads. Mm -hmm. And that's where we met probably the youngest um, uh, mascot. And, uh, and, and this little nine-year-old uh, boy who is in that suit, uh, his stories in volume two. And, uh, that was an incredible experience. Um, just, you know, mascots are the face of, of, of teams and they are there year round. I mean, it's mm -hmm. amazing how much involvement a mascot actually has with the team's promos, marketing, uh, and their connections to the community where the, where the teams are. They go to uh, schools and libraries and parades and Hospital. county fairs and hospitals. You know that when players go, mascots go, uh, and even in obviously in the off season, there's no players to be, you know, shared with the community. So it's the mascot. Um, 
So yeah, there's there's a there's more than a few uh, special ones. And a lot of times it's it's a labor of love because they don't get paid a lot of money. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know, Gary, that anybody in minor league baseball doesn't get paid a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the most part, but it is an entire labor of love for everyone involved. Well, uh, the book is terrific. It's Ballpark to Ballpark by Black Rose, uh, by John and Vicki Hoppin, and it's by uh, it's put out by Black Rose uh, Publishing, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble online, and, and I'm sure lots of other places. And where will you be? Uh, you said you're, in, you're going to be at Lowell today. Um, what's on the schedule? For appearances, well, right now we are uh, we have an official appearance in Lowell. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a first pitch appearance in Portland, and that's going to be the uh, some of our involvement there. Um, they have some policy issues there, and we're again we we don't Vicky and I we're, we don't judge, we don't get really upset about stuff. We right. just keep moving on. But they offered us an opportunity to be a first pitch participant, so we're going to okay. do that on. Uh, Wednesday noon game, along with one of our uh, uh, favorite fans from Harrisburg, uh, the helmet guy, the other helmet guy. I know Daniel is the helmet guy, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Kramer's coming up from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, to sing the anthem at the noon game on uh, in Portland. And then from there, we're hoping to get into uh, come back down uh, through the uh, uh, back here to to New Hampshire. And then we're going to start our trek across the to the Midwest states. Uh, hope hopefully you know the minor league season ends typically Labor Day weekend. Right. So we have a number of places that we're going to get to. We're certainly going to be in Akron, Ohio. Uh, that's uh, pretty much confirmed for I think August the 10th. Uh, the schedule is not right in front of me. And then we are, but we're going to hit more ballparks going across the Midwest, uh, ending uh, in uh, Iowa with one of our two favorite parks and that is uh, Davenport Iowa and Des Moines Iowa the Iowa Cubs so and you can follow us on Facebook and we update that schedule as we get it confirmed and the Facebook address is ballpark number 2 ballpark so it's ballpark 2 ballpark on Facebook and we have a website and that's www.ballparktoballpark.com uh there you can actually view some of the photographs and read uh, some uh, short blurbs on some of the stories that are in uh, either volume one or volume two. Again, volume two is coming out in October and uh, we're really looking forward to that. We're just tweaking a few things on that right now with our publisher and we're hoping for a release date uh, either right at the beginning of October or shortly thereafter. And you'll have to come back on the show when volume two comes out. Awesome. Well, we would love to see you here. <laughs> Absolutely. And Thank may, you very much. Maybe we'll get to see you next year when you're doing another tour for, for Volume 2. We hope so. <laughs> okay. John and Vicki, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, and good luck with this book. It, it, it's, it's a terrific book, and I urge everybody out there to go pick up a copy, Ballpark to Ballpark, Journey Through the Minor Leagues, and and. We're big on the minor leagues here. We're always talking about it and uh, always talking about food, too, in the minor league. So uh, that, that's why I asked some food questions. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, and good luck with the book. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Take care. And I'll be back right after this.
Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. And we're back, and I hope you I hope you enjoyed that video with uh, John Vicky Hoppin as much as I did. Uh, sounds like great thing. Wouldn't you want to do something like that? Travel around the country in an RV and go to ball games and and uh, just have a great time. And I, I recommend picking up the book. Uh, you know, help them out a little bit, and they're making a couple of bucks from it. All right. Um, Almost forgot that uh, today is Hall of Fame Day as well, so lots of stuff going on. And congratulations to uh, all the members inducted today. Let me see if I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jordan uh, Blank already, Trevor Hoffman, uh, Alan Trammell, Jack Morris, and I'm probably forgetting somebody, and I apologize, uh, uh, Jim Tomei. Uh, congratulations to all the inductees into the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown, New York. And go up there and, and visit their plaques. It's, it's a great place to go to. I like to go off-season, uh, so it's not as crowded. But it's, it's a terrific place. The whole town is beautiful. It's a great place to visit, great vacation spot. So uh, recommended highly. Uh, Cooperstown, New York, so go check that out. All right, as I said, lots of stuff going on, and we're going to be here to uh, follow it with you as the season progresses. So uh, keep it tuned right here to the Baseball Talk Radio Show, and I'll see you again next time, and have a great week, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.